Victor Nieves Show. You've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. You've got to be your own man, not a puppet on screen. Here's Victor Nieves. Welcome back, my friend. Welcome back. Ain't that cool? Hang on, real quick. I want to give a special shout out to my good friend and my former radio producer, Mr. Fish, for that awesome intro. Those of you who have been longtime listeners of the show, you remember back when we were on radio, we used to have that awesome, man, I loved it. I don't know. Producer Fish came up with that. And uh, I asked him the other day if he would shoot it to me, and he did. Big shout out to him. I appreciate it. Anyways, we got a lot of stuff that we need to talk about. Quick teaser of today's show. I somehow... Listen, I don't, I don't know how I did this, but I managed to uh, start like a little, a race war is going on in my TikTok account. Apparently, I really offended a bunch of black supremacists. We'll talk about that. Uh, there was a freak, degenerate, I mean a real sicko, that was a teacher uh, that showed their students their social media profiles, and of course, on their social media profiles, was disgusting. I, I, I mean, I think it would be safe to say as borderline pornographic as you could possibly get. We're going to talk about that. It's no surprise, uh, by the way, that that teacher was a drag queen. Can't believe it. <gasps> what? Color me surprised. I could have never foreseen something like this. Anyways, in addition to that, they want to remove statues of George Washington. We'll hit on that. And the tranny spokesman, for Ukraine, has found himself in some hot water. So we have plenty of stuff to touch on, but before we do, as always, I want to start off the best way that I know how, and that's by taking just a second to give glory and honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and encourage you, if you ever listen to me on one single thing, I hope and I pray you accept Jesus Christ into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. We, we are living in dangerous times, in trying times, confusing times, some may even say the end of times. And what I can tell you is I would not be able to do the things that I do if it weren't for a foundation in Jesus Christ. My hope is not in Donald Trump. My hope is not in congressional Republicans, the Supreme Court of the United States, my state-level government, no. Those things will always let me down. They have let me down many times. The one thing that will never let me down is, of course, my faith in Jesus Christ. Now, let's jump in with this story about the black supremacist. Man, I I don't know. I don't even make very much content that's at all related to racial issues. But for a bit of context here, you may have seen it, you may not have. I made a video about a viral clip that was going around where a black woman, I would use the description, got very mad. She was clearly unhappy with someone to the extent at which she went and posted it online, right? Okay, so this isn't like she just thought, eh, you know, that could have been worded better. No, she she was so uh, tiffed, uh, frazzled, whatever word you want to use to describe it, so upset about this that she had to post it online. She's mad because what we've now found out to be a security guard took notice that she had changed her hairstyle and pointed and said, oh, look at that. She came in with pretty curls today. In a compliment, a totally complimentary way, says very clearly, you can hear it on the audio, I think it's very pretty. I think your hair is very nice. Well, this woman, she got very upset. 
And she begins to lecture the security guard and say, that's a microaggression for me as a black person, that, that's offensive, whatever it might be. So I made a quick video and I was like, what? Apparently white people are not allowed to compliment minorities. I mean, for real, this is crazy. This is insane. It's like white people are danged if they do and they're danged if they don't. You don't compliment any black people, then suddenly you're like prejudiced and racist because, well, why aren't you complimenting any black people? I heard you compliment a white lady the other day, but you don't think my hair looks nice? You think there's something wrong with black people? That's, that's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin is, hey, nice hair. And you get blasted on social media. Millions of people view it and a bunch of people get all upset and mad at you. How dare you? You know, how dare you compliment? A black woman on her hair. Don't you know that you are not allowed to do that? So I just made a short clip and I was like, <laughs> apparently, apparently, uh, you know, you happen to see a, a black woman you think has really nice, pretty hair, nice, pretty, whatever it might be. You just got to keep it to yourself because there's some folks out there that apparently they want us to segregate. So I made this video and oh my gosh, I did not imagine. Listen, I have kicked some ant storms in my days of content creation. I'm not new to this. I'm not new to having people get mad at me. But I will say, I, I don't think I've ever offended people on a, on a racial basis quite like I did here. And it makes no sense. I mean, literal black supremacists, actual racist black supremacists have come into my comment section saying the most vile, awful things you could ever hear about white people. I mean, terms I have never even imagined. They're calling people like lice demons and all of this stuff, like saying you're allergic to the skin, you're a this demon, you're a that. And I'm like, golly, dude, all anybody said was, was that this is not a reason to be upset. And so <laughs> that has branched off and this, this absolute chaos, I encourage you to look at it. It's just, these videos are just on my, on my TikTok. I didn't think they were worthwhile uh, to put on my, on my Instagram. And the, the race war is happening on TikTok because that's the only place with such strange people. You know the scene from Star Wars Episode Four when Ben Kenobi is talking to Luke and he's like, look, Moss Eisley, you'll never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. That's me explaining TikTok. You'll never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. And it's like, that's where the leftists are. That's where the Marxists are. That's where all of these gender theory freaks are. And apparently... That's also where, like, the hardcore anti-white racists are, are congregating. And apparently, I guess, some of them have made some, some video responses to mine and uh, sicked their, their loyal followers on me. But golly, man, it just brings up a broader conversation because nowadays in the United States, white people are vilified so much. White people are called racist and neo-Nazis. You know, people are told that they have these implicit biases. They don't even know it. You're not allowed to compliment somebody because apparently that's like a super racist microaggression thing as well. That danged if you do, danged if you don't thing, it really is true. Listen, think about this. There's such a term as white flight. You might ask, what the heck is that? Okay, I'll explain it. White flight is the, the, the term that was coined for whenever a bunch of minorities move to an area and then the white people move out of that area. That's called white flight. We're told it's very, very bad, horrible. You're a bigoted racist if you do that. Okay, all right, I, I'm following along. I guess I understand what you're saying. But then there's also a term called gentrification. 
gentrification being essentially the antithesis of white flight, if minorities are living in an area and white people show up to that area, you might think it's good, right? We were just told that it's, it's bad if white people leave an area full of minorities, so presumably it's good if they go to an area with minorities, right? Mixing pot and we're all blending cohesive diversity as our strength. No, no, no. Apparently not. Apparently that's called gentrification. If white people move to an area that's full of black people, you can't win. If you move to that area, you can't win. If you move out of that area, there's literally nothing. You know, white folks are told they have no culture. White people are told all of this kind of stuff. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that white people have never done anything wrong. At the same time, why the heck would you say white people and just classify everybody in there? Is that not something that we've all tried to move past? I mean, surely we're not walking around saying, well, black people have done some things. No, you wouldn't say that. You get burned at the stake the second you say that about any group of people, right? You'll see headlines all day long of all of this racist, anti-white vitriol. But if you were to go in and just replace some of those words, right? Every time, what's that thing called? Oh, not ad-libbing. Is it called ad-lib? I think it's called, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about, where you switch out some of the words. If you were to do that game, where you just take every single time it says white person and replace it with any minority group, it would be a national news level racist statement. Oh my gosh, did you hear that they said black people have no culture? Did you hear? Whatever it might be, right? Totally allowed. Well, I had this one dork. The real point I'm getting to here. I had this one dork respond to uh, one of my videos. He has like 210,000 followers on TikTok. And he says... Well, don't you know that it is impossible to be racist against white people? You might be able to be prejudiced against white people, but it's literally not possible uh, to be racist against a white person. And my jaw drops. This guy's name was like Professor Timmy or something like that. I'm thinking for Professor is in your name and you're telling me it's impossible to be racist against a white person. You can only be prejudiced. Pause the podcast real quick. If, if you want to, uh, if you want to, I don't know, entertain my game here. Pause this podcast and go and search the Oxford Dictionary definition of racist. Funny enough, the very first or racism, the very first thing that pops up in the dictionary definition of racism is the word prejudice. So this guy sits here and he says, well, you can't be racist against white people. You can only be prejudiced against white people. How do you, do do you type that out while drooling out of the side of your mouth? I mean, have you been in like a tragic head injury? If so, I'm not going to make fun of you. I'll feel bad, but I just need to know. I mean, how does somebody get to the point in their life where they say, nuh-uh, you can't be racist against against white people. You can only be prejudiced. Dummy, that's kind of the whole, it's the whole point, right? You're being prejudiced toward white people, therefore you are being racist against white people. Congratulations, round of applause. But you see this kind of stuff all the time, and it's so annoying. By the way, what they've tried to do now is they've tried to stick into the definition of racism a power dynamic. And it's not in the Oxford yet. But don't be surprised when these woke leftists, they have their way with these dictionaries. I mean, they, oof, they, they totally destroy dictionary definitions of words because they don't fit the agenda, so they have to change them. Well, if you look at the Oxford you know, definition of racism now and racist, 
oftentimes at the end, what you'll see is there's a little comma. They just do this all the time. This is far from the only word they've done this. They throw a comma on, and then they add a statement that appeases the liberals, right? So in this case, they'll throw in a comma that says, oftentimes against a minority community, or oftentimes against people who don't have uh, social or institutional powers in the majority, right? You'll see them throw this in there. And what some of the like hardcore anti-white racists have started to say is that the reason you can't be racist against white people is because white people predominantly are in seats of power, that you had, that there's a power component of racism and it's impossible um, as the less powerful group or a member of a less powerful group, it's impossible to, to actually uh, be racist against someone, which by the way, this is in-group, out-group think at a dangerous level. Like for real segregation style stuff of, oh, well, we being an entire race of people versus them being an entire other race of people. Very dangerous thought process. I mean, for real, this is like actually racist thinking. But anyways, they'll say because white people are a majority in the United States, because white people hold a tremendous amount of power in the, you know, in the United States, um, disproportionate wealth is what they'll claim, which they don't mention Asians or Jewish people, but they'll say white because white people, you know, disproportionately have wealth and power and influence. They're the only ones that can be racist, which is really funny because it's it's incredibly narrow. Like that worldview is extremely narrow-minded. White people are not the global majority, right? If you have to be in the majority to be a racist, then white people cannot be racist. You know why? We're not the majority. The majority of the world is non-white. And I'm not just clustering everyone. It's Asian. The number one biggest demographic on the face of the earth is Asian people. So by that standard, and listen, China, arguably the most powerful nation on the planet, second most powerful, undisputed. I mean, it's, they've got to be number one or two. So by that definition, the Chinese hold unbelievable power. They're the number one, you know, Asian people are the, the number one demographic. And I know some liberals are going to go, but not all Asian people are China. I know, I know, I know. But they would say the same, oh, well, white people, the United States, Europe, blah, 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 blah. So anyways. If their definition is actually applied, then only Asian people, particularly Chinese people, only Asian people would actually be able to be racist. But this is not something that is well thought out. This is race-based. It's racial Marxism, which I believe we have a program on. I don't know how long it's been since I would have done this, but I believe I did a program uh, all about racial Marxism. And if you're not familiar with it, I won't... I won't completely rehash that entire conversation, but uh, Marxist theory, Marxist ideology says that you can view the entirety of human history through the lenses of a class struggle. In the United States, we have too much class mobility. Too many people are born into wealth and die broke. Too many people are born broke and die wealthy. There's too much uh, flexibility. Our middle class is too big. They say it's shrinking. Okay, but it's still really, really big. Economic Marxism hasn't really taken off in the United States, not in the way that they want it to. But you take that exact same theory and you you switch some stuff around. Instead of a class struggle, it's a race struggle. And the oppressive bourgeoisie, the upper class wealthy people, instead of being upper class wealthy people, they insert white people. And instead of the proletariat, the working class that's being oppressed, they throw in minorities, right? It's the exact same dynamic, literally unaltered. You just switch out a couple of words. You say the oppressive white people 
are going after and, and, you know, oppressing, instead of the proletariat, the minorities, right? This is very simple. But that's what they've been trying to do, and that's what all of this really just kind of branches off of, is racial Marxism. But anyways, I, I wanted to go on that rant. Uh, you know, I can only I can only make so many TikTok videos on a topic. I figure 15 minutes in, we've We've covered uh, that that black supremacy thing. Now moving on to this freak degenerate. I mean, this this absolute spaz. You can find a, a pretty good article on this. If you go to Libs of TikTok, they have a website, so libsoftiktok.com. You got this, this freakish special needs teacher. He is not special needs. He teaches special needs. Uh, that's a drag queen and tells the students where to find him on social media, like TikTok and, and Instagram. Well, to the horror of these little kids, they pull this guy up and he's naked. I mean, he's for real naked. You're seeing your teacher's bare butt cheeks because he was posting that he went to a party, one of these degenerate parties that's called an anything but clothes party where you have to, I don't know, you dress in anything other than clothes, so like naked. And what this guy did was he made a thong out of duct tape. So you can imagine, there's not really very much that's left up to the imagination. I won't describe it in graphic detail for anyone who's wanting to sacrifice their eyeballs. You can go to libsoftiktok.com, you can click on the article, and you can see the pictures. They, unfortunately, they did share, and I guess, you know, you have to see it, because a picture's worth a thousand words, but golly. And so, anyways, this, this freak teacher just so happened to be a drag queen. Once again, a common theme we've touched on many times, it shouldn't surprise anyone when a sexual deviant does something that is sexually deviant. When you make your entire identity, your entire personality, your sexual deviance, yeah, I don't think anyone should, should allow you around kids, okay? And that's not just all transgenders and drag queens. No, that could be a male that's a, a heterosexual. It could be a female that's heterosexual. If they begin to identify, like, literally every aspect of their entire life, down to the cadence of their speech and the tone of their voice and the way that they walk and the way that they dress and the way that they post on social media and all of these, if they make every single aspect of their life some form of sexual perversion or sexual deviance, call me crazy, but I don't really like the idea of them being around kids. And we talked about this last week, but it, all, it is always the ones that you most suspect. There is a reason that your intuition is telling you that there's something wrong with a guy who wants to spend that much time around children who just so happens to also be a perverted sexual deviant. Anyways, let's talk about New York. Not a great place. Really not a great place. Apparently, they're seriously considering legislation that would effectively remove statues of, you know, minor figures. Nobody super important, just <coughs> George Washington. Yeah, used to be uh, that we would joke about times like this. Donald Trump, I mean, he called this years ago. He said, what are we going to do? Are we going to start removing statues of Jefferson? Statues of Washington, you, you know, you say, oh, well, we can't have any statue of somebody who did anything wrong at any point in their lives. Okay, well, we're going to be tearing down a lot of statues 
Listen, no serious nation goes out of its way to destroy its own history. You don't go and burn things down. You don't go and rip down statues, tear down stuff, destroy memorials. Listen, this is a public humiliation ritual. You might think it's just dumb. See, sometimes it's easy to assume, ah, yeah, you know. It's just those liberals, right? They're just dumb. They just do stupid stuff. Fair point. However, not always. A lot of times, in fact, I would say, what these people are doing is very much so intentional. It's very calculated. Not the lemmings, not, you know, not the peons and just the random dorks on the internet. No, those people are actually probably stupid. But the people at the very top are doing this on purpose. It's a demoralization campaign, and it's a public humiliation ritual, especially for men. Now, stick with me, because this is going to get a little in-depth. Young men in this country have lower testosterone rates, 40% lower testosterone rates than men had 40 years ago. It's one percentage drop every year for the last 40 years. We have more feminized men than you've ever seen before. We have a weaker society than you've ever seen before. You have all of these, you know, horrible problems. I think a lot of them go back uh, to if you destroy men— if you destroy a nation's men, I should say, you will destroy that nation. And men need to have heroes to look up to. It's just part of, you know, if you're a woman listening and you don't get it, listen, there's plenty of things I don't get about women, but men, trust me, I say this as a man, when you're a young man, you have to have something or someone to look up to. You have to have heroes of old, right? There's a reason every single guy, we've been joking about this lately, the Roman Empire, Every guy thinks about the Roman Empire, the great gladiators, the great heroes, Achilles, Leonidas. You know, you hear about these, the Battle of Troy and these legendary epics and things like that. Men have always looked up to statues. There's a reason, right, that men literally would die in pursuit of glory. And some of that's silly. Some of it's kind of dumb, actually, like false bravado can get you killed for no reason. It's killed a lot of men. But at the same time, there's a lot of men who say, listen, I'm going to die anyway. I want to do something great. I want to die in a selfless way. I want to I want to be legendary so that my name, you know, goes on forever. A lot of guys are going to recognize this quote, but it's so powerful to the male brain. I heard a quote one time that said, you die twice. Every man will die twice. Once on the day he is killed and once on the last day that somebody says his name, right? There's a reason that we all, every man wants to be in the history book. We want to be a legend. We want to do something. And that desire, I believe, is kind of innate. I think that God put that in men on purpose because it drives us to be leaders and innovators and things like that. One of the things that we've always done is we've looked up to those heroes of old. Well, you tear down those heroes of old and suddenly men don't emulate those characteristics. Well, you come to the founding freaking fathers Gee, I can't imagine why the government, why the leftists and the liberals might not want young men to emulate the things that were done by Jefferson and, you know, Samuel Adams and John Adams and John Jay and Ben Franklin and George Washington. Why might our government not have a vested interest in wanting us to do, hmm, let me think, let me think, oh, right, 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 because they're becoming tyrannical. 
And you may think that that's a stretch, but listen, I don't believe anything is a coincidence anymore. Down to the point where I don't think that our horrible postmodern architecture, I don't think that that's on accident. I think that that is also part of it. Maybe a subtle, maybe even a a demonically influenced, I'm going to lose people on that. But we fight a spiritual battle. Christians know this. We fight a spiritual battle. So there may be things that are done subconsciously at the influence of actual evil uh, that people don't realize. I think that's, that's happened many times. But our architecture is depressing. You look at, again, ancient Rome, you know, to stay topical, you look at ancient Rome, beautiful structures. It was incredible, the things that they did. You know, the Egyptians and all of these, we look at these different historical examples of people who built these crazy monuments, and it's like, man, that's inspiring. It's beautiful. These old cathedrals, it's like, wow. I mean, it points to the heavens, some of these things. The cathedral, you see the symbolism and the beauty. It points to something greater, something something more amazing. It reminds you you're a small part in a plan for God's glory, and then you look at our architecture today, and it's like, oh, I want to die. Not surprisingly, there's a ton of people these days who want to die. We got people committing suicide, and I'm not saying it's because of a building, but I'm saying there's a lot of things that go into it, the monotony of our society. If it wasn't intentional, man, it's a really unfortunate series of coincidences. SSRIs and, and, you know, the depressing nature of the monotonous nine to five, and you have all of the, the architecture, everything is there to just beat down, particularly men. It's, it's very destructive to the male psyche. They get people addicted to pornography and the only fans, you know, internet sex workers or a prostitute, whatever it is. So they can have generations of uninspired, fat, lazy, porn addicted, lethargic men that stand no chance in opposing what is to come. Maybe it's a happy coincidence or realistically an unhappy coincidence, but I'm starting to think that this stuff is all intentional. I'm starting to think it's on purpose. Why would you do this? No serious nation would do the things that we have done unless you're trying to destroy that nation. And again, like I said, very quick way to destroy a nation is you destroy a nation's men. The whole, everything else will follow. No society can ever stand if there is an absence of strong men. And the feminists might get mad and they might get all upset. I don't care if the feminists get mad and the feminists get upset. It's the truth. Strong women are great. They're mothers. They're vital, crucial, absolutely you know, essential to a strong society. That can be true at the same time as it being true that, listen, if you, if you make weak men, your society is screwed. It's going to fall. Anyways, one more thing. We'll wrap it up with this. I really thought that this guy in... (laughs) Oh, I really thought this guy in Ukraine was just Zelensky wearing like a push-up bra and a wig. If you haven't seen him yet, real weirdo. It's this dude. Apparently he's American. I was reading some stories today. They say he's like a U.S. soldier. I don't know. Some dude who identifies as a, as a woman, he's a transvestite or whatever, not convincing. Okay, you know, this guy's less convincing than Dylan Mulvaney, and that says a lot, because Dylan Mulvaney looks like a high school track and field guy who put on a dress. I mean, that's just the truth. But this dude looks more like if Brock Lesnar went on a spinach-only diet for six months and then put on a wig and a push-up bra. I mean, it, it looks like a beefier version of Zelensky. 
wearing a push-up bra um, and a very uninspiring Karen-style wig. And he's been the spokesperson, like the natural, excuse me, the national defense or something like that, military spokesman. You know, he called himself a spokeswoman, but he's a spokesman. The military spokesman for Ukraine. And this dude, he is the most dramatic psycho. I made a YouTube video about him some time ago. He was saying that Vladimir Zelensky drinks the blood of children. He's a vampire. I mean, it's like, you think Alex Jones is crazy? No. This dude is freaking off his rocker. He's nuts. And not just because he cut his nuts off. I mean, he's nuts outside of that. And he's sitting here, oh, Zelensky, or no, not Zelensky. He likes Zelensky. He's he's saying, Putin, Vladimir Putin, you know, drinks the blood of children and he's a war, a war criminal. and, And, you know, go on on and on, all this hyperbole. Well, the other day, he issues this crazy statement. And he says that, these Russian propagandists are going to be hunted down. A death threat. I mean, this I don't know how you interpret it other than a death threat. I'm not trying to be disingenuous or something. I just don't know what else he could have possibly meant. He's like, we're going to hunt them down and we're going to get justice. We're going to find them and there's going to be gnashing of teeth and, you know, like real, like a brutal style. Like it sounds like they're going to beat him to death or something. I mean, you listen to the context of this and it's just crazy. And he's talking about all over the world. We're going to hunt down the Russian propagandist. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What does that mean? I've been called a Russian propagandist, and I sure as heck am not a freaking Russian propagandist. I've had tons of people say, you're a Putin sympathizer, you're this, you're that. And I'm like, whoa, where do you get that idea, you idiot? I'm not a Putin sympathizer. I don't care about what happens with Putin and this and that. Since day one, I've said, I don't care. It's not my war. It's not my fight. I, my heart goes out to innocent people. War is terrible. But I don't have a side in this. It's not, it's not like I have my best friend fighting a random guy at a bar and I'm like rooting for my best friend. I don't care. I don't know. these. This isn't, this isn't my fight. But I've been called a Russian propagandist. Tucker Carlson has been called a Russian propagandist. Donald Trump was called Putin's lover and like all of these crazy things. So what do you mean? You certainly insinuate that, you know, these Russian propagandists, oh boy. They're so bad, they're going to be hunted down and killed. Do you just mean anyone who disagrees with you? Is that where our 150 whatever it is billion dollars that we've sent to Ukraine, is that what it's going to go to? Hunting down journalists who say, um, hey, you know, I was looking at it. Historically speaking, NATO has been encroaching closer and closer uh, to Russia. They some, you know, they have some some regions of Ukraine that speak Russian are highly sympathetic toward joining Russia, and then you have this clash and all this. I don't really think it's that big of a, you know, this isn't like an existential restart of of the Cold War or something. Oh no, you can't say that. You're a Russian propagandist. I mean, is that the standard? Because it's been the standard for many in the media. Oh, you questioned. Zelensky, you said you didn't like this this guy who's like five foot two walking around in this ugly little green tracksuit showing up before Congress. This ungrateful little cuss of a man this guy is. He shows up in front of Congress and he's like, oh, we need you to give us another $150 billion because we're so ungrateful. You know, it's not like you have your own problems. Just keep fighting a proxy war. <sighs> no, thank you, actually. But that's all it takes. You get called a freaking Russian propagandist. So I don't know. If they hunt me down and kill me, you'll, you'll have the answer. The Russian, or excuse me, the Ukrainian government has made a statement saying, no, this was, um, you know, this was a, a 
unconfirmed style thing, or not unconfirmed, it was uh, unapproved. They say it was an unapproved statement by him. He's since been suspended. He's in, you know, there's an investigation or whatever, but I, I would bet just about anything, can't prove this, just my intuition, um, I would bet just about anything that at the end of the day, this is just a response to the backlash. If people wouldn't have gotten mad about it, they'd be like, yeah, dang straight, we're going to hunt you down and kill you. I mean, what? Why wouldn't they, right? Then whatever. Anyways, that's all I have for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Folks, if you've been enjoying it, make sure to uh, to rate the podcast. Those of you who are listening on Spotify, if you've not done so already, um, help me out. That helps in the uh, I don't know, podcast algorithm. Make sure you subscribe so you get a notification every time a new episode comes out. I'm going to try and get a routine. I think, don't hold me to this tentatively, I think we're going to be posting these every Wednesday. Um, yeah, maybe plus or minus every Wednesday, every Thursday. So you can kind of look forward to that. But anyways, till next time, keep me in your prayers, keep your country in your prayers. God bless.